This is The Extra Mile. Spear, and this is G5. We're your co-hosts, of course, and today we're going to go right back to the news from a Christian perspective. We're going to have a devotional. If you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 9, Nehemiah 9, if you want to follow along, and then we're going to once again have a call to action, what we can do right now as disciples of Jesus. So to start, what is the update in the world of news? The news. Election results are still pending. Biden is... And it's December. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Wisconsin and Arizona uh, declared victory for Biden, but uh, lawsuits continue. So we're just just waiting for that. And then in the meantime, Biden fractures his foot while playing with his dog, Major. It becomes oh. a, a major problem. So <laughs> <laughs> the uh, dad joke live. Yeah, that's yeah, where it's at, man. Poor guy. Uh, uh, and then a fun fact we got for us. Yeah, fun fact. We were just curious, right? How much money does Elon Musk have? Because he's now the second richest person in the world. He is worth $132.1 billion. Ooh, man. It's limitless That's, money. That is a lot. Jeff Bezos, number uno, the guy who does Amazon, all that stuff, worth $186.5 billion. That's like more money I can fathom. I know. Well, that's fun stuff. Have you oh. seen that TikTok video where... Uh, they you were show showing the me rice. with the rice. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You should look it up. It shows how much money Jeff Bezos has. You're like... The rice equals like a hundred thousand. Just be like Bezos rice TikTok, and you'll find. Yeah, it. Yeah, you'll find it. It's, it. it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's good. And then stuff. more important news because that's just weird fun facts. <laughs> um, when it comes to health, right now, obviously with the pandemic, we got some local updates. Yeah, COVID continues to. Uh, plague us really uh november 30th by as of november 30th excuse me the covid hospitalization hospitalization rate has increased here in lubbock which is where we are our local place is at 30.75 percent which i believe is one of the highest per capita in the united states uh even st john's uh college in new york canceled their game here with uh, the local college texas texas tech um because of the COVID. They were afraid of COVID, oh, so they canceled the game. Yeah, yeah, basketball no game. Wow. Yeah, uh, I mean. We were reading that a lot of experts are predicting that, I know stuff changes, but they're mm-hmm. saying hopefully by June 2021, everyone who wants a vaccine should be able to That's get news, one. Man. So That's sooner than, than you think. Yeah, it is. and I know that sounds like a a ways away, but we're getting close. Mm-hmm. Let's continue to look out for our sisters and brothers and, and loving our neighbor. It's a good opportunity to be a light. People see that we care about other people's well-being. Right. It can um, increase our credibility when it comes to sharing the gospel with people, too. Yeah, I mean, just be you know, slow to speak, quick to listen, respectful um, to everybody. Oh, yes, the swift to hear. I heard that one a lot growing up. <laughs> <laughs> lots, and keep praying about it. I know here at Milwaukee Ave specifically, we got lots of brothers and sisters impacted mm-hmm. in various ways due to COVID-19. Uh, let's continue in good works, and let's continue in prayers for them. That's right. And speaking of prayer, that takes us to our devotional section. Hopefully you're in Nehemiah chapter 9. And not only do we want an active prayer life, but we want repentance within our prayers. That's right. I mean, we started this year off in 2020 with the 2020, a goal of 2020 vision, a vision that is is Christ-centered. 
um, where we set our, our minds and our vision on a certain goal. And especially if that goal is to be more Christ-like, well, then prayer needs to be our major driving force and heading toward that goal. And I, I had a professor in college tell me, he's like, if you can write a paper that explains the Trinity perfectly to my satisfaction you get an a you don't have to come back to the class <laughs> oh man uh, no one's ever able to do that but my point is jesus is god and of course mm. there's father son holy spirit but even god himself jesus prays to a heavenly father a wonderful example and a strange thought to think of but unlike jesus we sin and so we we mm -hmm. have to have a uh, contrite repentant heart. So hopefully you're in Nehemiah 9. The context here is, remember, they've returned from captivity. You can read in Ezra chapters 9 and 10 um, that the Israelites have just separated from unlawful marriages. Right. They're beginning to change their lifestyles. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, there is feasting, but then they hear the word of the Lord. And they're grieved by not only their own sin, but the sin of their ancestors before them, which led them to captivity. And the point is, God's word leads us to conviction. That's right. Uh, Hebrews 4, in my notes, I have Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart and no creature is hidden from his sight but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account i don't know if i can speak about god's word in a more beautiful way especially that first verse there just says everything perfectly and i love living and active what type of in what type of influence does God's word, right, that is that is actually living, have on a dead soul, a, mm. a hardened heart that's not willing to take an active approach, you know, a soul that's not willing to, to grow. And as God's word lives, I think so should us in our daily lives. Our soul should be, a, our soul should be willing to soak in everything that God's word has for us and mm -hmm. to take a living, active role in our daily walk of faith. This is what changes us mm -hmm. from the person who has not come to Christ yet to the Christian who strayed away. Um, it's not the perfect argument, friendship, apologetic. It's the word that changes right. hearts. Scripture reveals just how sinful we are. We spend so much time that we're going to talk about on TV and on our phones. Our world is so self-focused. Yeah. The truth is we're probably worse than what we think we are tough yeah. thing to think about but the christian life when scripture if we're in the bible it's going to convict our hearts the christian life entails lifelong practice lifelong of repentance that's right and we better see that in prayer look at verse six if you're reading along in nehemiah chapter nine nehemiah praying publicly here he says you are yahweh you alone you have made heaven the heaven of heavens with all their hosts the earth with all that's on it the seas and all that's in them and you preserve all of them and the host of heaven worships you we need to praise god we do. It really seems like there's a place of, there needs to be a place of praise in our, in our prayers. Yeah. Intentional, a focus yeah. on God. Uh, it should should be a mirror of our worship here mm -hmm. in, this, in this context here, a worship that glorifies God. Um, when we are thinking on ourselves, it's hard to see our own mistakes, and it's hard to... Yeah. It's hard to be motivated and, and grieved by our own sins. 
Um, not yeah. that we should be going around grieving all the time, but that, but when we focus on a God that's there, that's forgiving, that's perfect, yeah, that our minds are set on what actually needs to change in our own hearts. If you skim through your Bibles, you look through verses 6 through 15, it covers from Abram, Abraham, all the way to Moses and Egypt. And we see the Jewish people in this prayer, they're recalling the sins of their ancestors. Uh, if we do not recognize corporate sin or collective sin, whether that's our family, it's our community, sometimes even our church sure, sure. or our nation, we will be prone to repeat those sins. We must learn from the past and yeah. acknowledge that. we forget. We're just yeah. a forgetful people. It's yeah, very too forgetful. easy. Yeah. Uh, the point is, though, we're so prone to sin. And we were talking about how it's just so funny. Like, how could Israel sin? Could you imagine seeing the Red Sea split and the plagues? And yet they worship a golden After calf. After that, you think your faith would just never, yeah. just never stop, never be as strong. as. And yet we do it all the time. We need mercy. We need grace because we sin. And even when we do sin, God is miraculously patient with right. us. And that's what we read in verses 17 through 20. I love this verse. It says, But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, mm -hmm. and did not forsake them. Talking about the Israelites here. Uh, then when they had made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is, out, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies. You, in your great mercies, did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud to lead them in the way did not depart from them by day, nor the pillar of fire by night to light them to light them the way by which they should go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water uh, for their thirst. Mm. That's pretty impressive. A God that's willing to go that far, a God that guides, a God that provides. Uh, gracious sticks out to me, maybe because it's just on my mind. I'm going to probably preach on it Sunday. Um, a gracious... His grace is abounding here. It's it's so abounding. If you think about it, a renter even wouldn't be this gracious to their tenant, <laughs> especially if it was anything like the Israelites here in the wilderness. You're gone. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. You're evicted. But God here is abounding in steadfast love. And so God's grace, in a way, it, it leads us, just like this pillar of, of cloud or, or of fire. Mm. Um, is, is God is leading them to a promised land, God's grace can lead us home as well, right to God in heaven where, where we belong. Our, you know, our job is to see that light, be moved by our sin, take a turn, and follow that light to where we need to go. Yeah, he's still leading them even yeah. in all those horrible mistakes. I know. The grace is wonderful. And you can read through verse 25 here in Nehemiah 9, the conquest now, because after the wilderness, you get the conquest into the promised land, and... You think about that, they didn't get rid of everyone, yeah. and that causes problems in the future. It makes me think when Jesus said, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If we don't remove potential footholds and sins and temptations in our lives at the get-go, it will come back and get us. But they commit spiritual adultery against the Lord because of these people. You read verses 30 and 31, uh, many years you bore with them. God, uh, this is God with Israel, and you warned Israel by your spirit through your prophets. Think of people like Elijah, and yet they would not give ear. They never repented. That's the point. Therefore, God gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end to them or forsake them. 
for you are gracious and merciful God. Mm-hmm. He just waited and waited and waited <laughs> and kept waiting. Israel had no good kings. Um, and it's not like Judah and Israel fell because God is weak. No, uh, they fell because of their own weakness. And imagine for a second how hopeless it would be if you're in the wilderness and you woke up and then there was no pillar or fire or cloud and there was yeah. just no God and you're stranded there. They, they were done. And you're so even there. in their rebellion, every time they woke up, God was there to guide them and to provide for them. And yeah. he guided and waited patiently. And now when they do are in this new land, God's there. You got mm-hmm. the set up with the temple and David seems all good. And yet they fall and like like you're pointing out it's god's sovereignty why they go into exile's punishment it's not because god is weak and then i ask well did god break his covenant what's up with this everlasting kingdom and all that and nehemiah explains this in verses 32 through 33 now therefore our god the great the mighty and the awesome god who keeps covenant and steadfast love Mm -hmm. let not all the hardships seem little to you that has come upon us, upon our kings, our princes, our priests, our prophets, our fathers, and all your people since the time of the kings of Assyria until this day, yet you have not, sorry, you have been righteous in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully, and we have acted wickedly. Hmm. Often it's something greater than ourselves that really, really moves us to change, and understanding that there is, is there is a God better than 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 just us? There is a God that's perfect. Uh, there's a better life out there with a God that's willing to be faithful uh, to us when we can't even keep our own promises. Yeah. A God that saves us not because we're so great, but a God that saves us because it glorifies Him. Mm-hmm. Our, our our God is awesome, and you think about how wretched and sinful we are, it, it does glorify him that he's able to save us and we're mm. able to live like his son. An important question to ask here, because this is really a prayer of repentance, is this question, what grieves us more? Is it our own sin or <laughs> is it the sin of others? It's really easy to look at people, especially unbelievers, and be like, oh, no, 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 they shouldn't be doing that. We've got to remember what Jonah's told by God when Nineveh, God's like, look, they didn't know their right hand from their left. They're lost. Yeah. If you're in Christ, we had better be grieved by our own sins before we go out pointing at everyone else's. That's right. First John 1 John 1.9, very important reminder in our prayer life. This is what Nehemiah is doing. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's going to conclude our devotional segment right there. It's good stuff. And that brings us, obviously, hopefully you're seeing where this is going, to our faith in action. Not only do we need an active prayer life, we need an active prayer life full of repentance. And the only way we can be convicted of our sin in order to repent means we need to be in God's Word. That's right. It's what pierces the vision of soul and spirit, as we read in Hebrews 4. Mm-hmm. And it's a new month. It's December, the last month of the year. So the question is, why wait till January to start reading God's Word? Yeah. I mean, start now. <laughs> I mean, people say you got to read Genesis if you want to start reading your Bible. Start at the beginning. Not always true. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can change it up. You can have, you can make it fun. You can start in the New Testament. You can use this month, just read the New Testament. You can 
try different translations. You can try different, you know, ways of reading. You don't have to start in, you know, Matthew. You can start in Mark. You can do whatever you want just to make it fun and understand. Take a topic, take a subject, and go through it. Um, really be intentional. That's the point. Yeah, intentional. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we think miraculously we'll start having an awesome prayer life and we'll be reading the bible just because we if we don't plan it out if you aren't intentional with it it's most likely not going to happen we need to set time a set place to read and to pray yeah it takes practice yeah uh, it really does it needs to come and you're the professional because you do it every month you get no, the new testament true. done every month <laughs> he's awesome um show us how it's done caleb yeah a lot of times i fall behind in this and it becomes <laughs> uh, quite the task we have some of these cards at the building if you can't see it it's a 30-day challenge to read the new yeah. testament you know in a month uh, my point is in my own experience and you can look it up for yourself it really doesn't take that long. Even the longer books like Acts or the Gospel according to Luke, roughly two hours, space that out in a couple of days, not that bad. No, it's not that bad. We, Colossians, um, I was like, ah, 10 to 15 minutes. Google says average reader takes 13 minutes to read the book of Colossians. 13 minutes. Yeah. And we were just curious looking it up. Uh, the average American spends how much time on their smartphone? Take a wild guess. 5.4 hours a day. And it's not like I'm not on my phone. I, That's a part-time job. Uh, ask my wife. I spend enough time on my phone. <laughs> um, it, the point is it doesn't take that long. No. We need to be intentional. And remember Jesus said, we don't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you can eat breakfast, then you can read God's word. Uh, yeah. That's something that encouraged me too. I mean... There's time. There's time. <laughs> we just aren't living. We're not being convicted of our sin. We're not being convicted to be more like Jesus if we're not in his word. It's living and active. Yeah. So, so do we have to be. Why would we expect to change if we're not affected by a living and active word and we just seclude ourselves from right. it? Got to be intentional. And then and speaking of our call to action, we have a little update on Project 912. Project 912. Quick update. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's in that preacher in the Republic of Congo. We're trying to help him out. They're going through extreme poverty and diseases mm. and illnesses do, um, really due to poor water quality. So while we can turn on a faucet and have clean water in America, they're going through some hard times, and they just need a well. And so our goal is to give them that well. Our goal is $18,000 to provide that well. Um, and so he can be healthy and, and in good, good health, further God's kingdom. Uh, mm -hmm. We just need 4,000 um, to get him that well. And so the leader of this project, Project 912, is Miranda Bloodworth. You can contact her on Facebook, or you can contact the project itself on Project 912 um, and give that way. I really encourage you guys to give. Mm -hmm. It's a good way. It's a good it's a good way to help strengthen that fellowship. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I was looking for. Have fellowship and have a faith in action. Yes. And let's keep praying about uh, our brothers and sisters wherever they're in the world, especially Chrysostom out there in the Republic of Congo. Um, as you can tell, we want to be intentional in our prayer life. Like Nehemiah, mm -hmm. when they read the word and realized their sin, we need to repent in our sin. And we need to be intentional to read that word of God. And as we see, even when we make mistakes, God keeps his promises. And after all, throughout all human history, God accomplishes his will despite human weakness. Right. He's so patient with us. God is faithful. All right, let's close out together with a word of prayer. Let's do it. Dear God, help us to be convicted of our own sin first, not to be prideful. Lord, we are sinners, 
and we have sinned greatly, and we do it every day, and we pray for forgiveness that we have in Christ. Your word says you're just to forgive us if we confess our sins, and we have many, Father. We thank you for the so many blessings in this nation, but let us use them not for selfish deeds, but let us use the blessings you've given us to further your kingdom. We pray we can have a heart like Nehemiah that is full of repentance and need for your mercy and grace. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, everyone. Have a good day. You too. Go sell.